Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh my god, oh my god, Jacob, we are live, we are live, we're live on Roto Underworld Radio right now, this is absolutely nuts, this is insane, I am so excited for this show, are you guys ready to tilt? I'm ready to tilt, man, you ready to tilt, Jacob? I'm ready, man, this is super fun, uh, I, can't, I can't believe they let us idiots come in here and take over the Roto Underworld Radio program, uh, this is a blast, man, let's do this thing, they, Dude. they, let's do it. And they're in Vegas, so they can't even say anything right now. They're all There's partying. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can do. We are running the show right now. This is about to be dumb. We're about to go stupid, but we're also about to help you guys make some money. So just to introduce myself real quick, I am Chase Vernon. Uh, you guys can find me over there on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. This is my co-host, Jacob Sanderson. You can find him over there on Twitter at FF underscore RTDB. How you feeling today, Jacob? I know you're you're at your law firm right now trying to speak very low, like very low volume-wise, so you don't make too much noise because you got a party about to happen. But nah, man, we're about to party up in here right now. I'm ready. You mean I don't normally talk like this on other streams? You know, I don't normally come in with this nice mellow voice. No, <laughs> this is fun. Um, for those who don't know, Chase and I have been podcasting together for uh, a while now. I think we we started up in the off season before last season. So we're moving closer and closer uh, to our two-year anniversary of podding together. We did some DFS stuff together last year um, on both my channel, on his channel. We had a lot of fun doing it. And it's really, really fun because I think we both have uh, pretty different styles that we bring to the game, different approaches to the game. It's always fun when we put a lineup together um, and when we do a show together. So I'm, I'm pumped to be doing this now on the Roto Wonderworld radio program. It's so bizarre, man, because we came up or I came up listening to this show, you know, when I was, uh, you know, not really into podcasting as much when I wasn't doing as much research. I was just kind of getting my, my feet wet. And so to, to be here now, dreams can come true, Jacob. Dreams can come true. Uh, I'm ready to kick this one off, though, because I've been making money off DFS for, God, four or five years now like consistently and you know we've had our show like you already talked about where we both made money off of the the lineups that we put together so we are very very excited to to help you folks do that as well now let me start this off by saying we are so excited right to to get into the the dfs tournaments where we're we're throwing in all this money into the the millie maker and and all these crazy crazy tournaments because we're trying to make a million dollars off of one lineup well that's great and all, but that's also a great way to end up running through your bankroll. So I still have trouble doing it myself, but 50-50s are not a waste of money. In fact, 50-50s can help supplant or help support your tournament builds. 
when you are able to go up against half a field, you better believe that if you're listening to this show and you're taking our advice, we are going to win you 50-50s nine times out of 10. So when you're putting money into tournaments, make sure you put just as much money into the 50-50s so that way you can support your habits of trying to win that million dollars in the bigger tournaments. Jacob, how do you feel about that one? Man, I think it's great. I mean, I think ultimately you're doing a lot of cash. You're doing a lot of double ups and stuff. I think your best friend's always going to be a good set of projections. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, Chase, I think, delves a lot more, frankly, into the micro aspects of the game than I do. And so I think if you're playing the 50-50s, if you're playing the cash, uh, you know, Chase is probably your guy. My approach, DFS, I do play cash, I do play 50-50s. I'm honestly not that inventive with it. I tend to ride pretty closely to the projections. My, my focus has always been as a, as a tournament player. I think, for me at least, like when we're talking about plays that we recommend, you're going to hear a lot of different things. You're going to hear Chase talk about this guy's on this corner, this guy's on this matchup, this guy's going to have a good game. I'm usually talking about, oh, this guy's at this ownership. You know, if this guy fails, that's this guy does better. Um, I'm really trying to approach more from a game theory, from a leverage perspective. And when we put those things together, you know, we've created a lot of magic happened in the past. So I'm, I'm going to mostly always be talking from a tournament perspective, uh, but certainly, you know, there's, there's always going to be a lot of crossover um, between, you know, some of the core guys that we're talking about as these high leverage plays that have a lot of ownership in tournaments. Those are probably the pillars of your cash game lineups as well. Um, but certainly part of a big part of tournaments is trying to figure out, you know, and a big part of those cash plays is which of these really popular plays, you know, that project really well, that are going to be in a lot of cash lineups, which are the ones that make it into your cash lineup. A lot of the ones that you aren't putting into your cash lineup that a lot of people are, those are the guys maybe that you're pivoting off of in these tournament environments where if that's one of those good plays, you don't have quite as much confidence in, not enough to put into your 50-50, maybe that's the guy you want to pivot off of in your tournament lineups as well. Yeah, and I love that. And, and as we dive into week one, we're going to see a lot of players that are going to be undervalued. Of course, you're going to have the guys that are overvalued, but we're not here to find that week one because I mean, when it comes to players to avoid, it's uh, it's relatively volatile as to like who you should avoid, who you shouldn't. When we go into week one, we want to find those guys that we know that we can get discounted compared to what they will be outputting in weeks eight, weeks nine, weeks 10. And we want to go ahead and hammer those studs home week after week after week up until they hit their maximum value points where, hey, you're not getting him as a value anymore. We look at the previous years, like Christian McCaffrey, right, who, I mean, he sat there at, what, 7K, then it went up to 8K one year. He didn't hit 10K until week 10. And then after that, he didn't go below 10K. He went all the way up to like almost, I think, 11K one week. Derrick Henry, same exact situation two years ago where he didn't hit 10K up until, I want to say, week seven. Now, I feel like DraftKings, they're adjusting. They are a little bit more you know, aware of what's going on. So I think that could happen a little bit faster this year than what's happened in previous years. But I mean, players like that, we want to hammer and hammer and hammer over and over and over again up until we're, we're not getting value anymore. So, yeah, one of the interesting things too, just to pick up on that, is um, you know, it, it cuts both ways, as a lot of things do, but structurally, we have so much less certainty about the receivers that have the roles that we want in week one than we do moving forward. And so you're going to always find looser pricing in week one. We don't necessarily know who they are, but there's a much better chance that there's $3,000 wide receivers, 3.5K wide receivers, 4K wide receivers that actually do have every down roles and probably should be 5K wide receivers. We just don't necessarily know who those are yet. But if you can find the right guys that probably in next week are going to project like a 5k wide receiver but you're able to land them now at 3k before anybody knows that you can open up a lot of salary to be able to afford these high price running backs and you know the other aspect of that of course is that 
I'm not the only one that's coming up with that idea. And so you get in this leveling perspective where either, okay, I don't want to make the same lineup as everybody else, but here's you know a theme of the site. If I can get a Romeo Dubs, if I can get a Wandale Robinson, put it in with Taylor and McCaffrey, okay, what if I do that same structure, but I do it with a lesser owned high priced running back? What if I flip that structure and I play some of the mid-range running backs instead? You know, there's all these different factors that go into it, but I think trying to find creative ways to get the highest projections, but do so in a unique way. That that's ultimately what I'm always trying to look to do. And, and there's a lot of opportunities to do that on this slate. Yeah, no, there was always a ton of opportunities to do that in week one. And like you brought up, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, those players, those two guys right there are both significantly undervalued. So if you can get both those guys at a value, and then you can also throw in, like you said, like a Romeo Dubs or somebody along those lines, who ends up being significantly undervalued, literally you're turning those multipliers for what you're spending compared to what the score actually is in terms of the value you're turning those into cash every single time you're going to end up winning big money so you know for those of you who who you know want to know one of those guys obviously it's going to be Donovan Peoples Jones no I'm just kidding let's go ahead and actually kick off some of these games that we're attacking so Jacob and I discussed we're like all right so what are we going to do with the show how are we going to make it unique you know what are we going to do that's different from everybody else and there are shows out there that dive into to every single game, but they don't give you a lot of information about each game. So you really don't get the best insight from that. Both Jacob and I like to dive a little bit deeper, but in different aspects of that. So we decided to choose four games, two, two games apiece, that we want to attack in different ways. We at least find interesting, whether we're fading that game or whether we are attacking certain aspects of it. Hopefully the majority of the games that we choose will be ones that we're trying to attack and trying to work into our lineups. So, Jacob, you want me to start on this, and, and we can uh, kick it off with probably one of our favorite games on the entire slate. Do it. Let's whether do it. it's Let's chalk or not, whether it's chalk or not, the Chiefs at the Cardinals. Spo- spoiler alert, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> whether it's chalk or not, the first game is the Chiefs up against the Cardinals. Uh, they're playing inside a dome, so we don't have to factor in the weather, of course, and the over-under is 53.5. Obviously, both these defenses you know, suspect at best. I mean, we have JJ Watts who could end up, you know, being out for this game, depending on how he ends up healing up. And even if he does go, he might even play like, play like a what 50%, 60% snap share. Uh, the secondary over there for the Cardinals, they are still trying to piece together. Meanwhile, the chiefs, they don't really care about defense. You know, they're trying to invest everything that they have on offense after losing Tyreek Hill. So, the player that I want to start talking about, the, the one that I really want to highlight isn't Patrick Mahomes, is actually Kyler Murray over there. Kyler Murray for me is somebody that I love smashing that that you know putting or putting him into my lineup button every single time. I want to draft Kyler Murray and I want to get him into the majority of my lineups this week, at least 25 to 30 percent, I should say, of my lineups. Uh, Kyler Murray was one of the most accurate deep ball passers of 2021. He actually threw the most accurate downfield balls of over 20 yards or more throughout 2021. And guess what? He only played 13 games while doing so. Now you get his college teammate, right? Where you have Marquise Brown and Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray. They're like this, baby. They are on one page. They are in unison. They are going to crush this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Marquise Brown finishes as the wide receiver one on the season. Hot take, I guess. But... For this game in particular, you have Kyler Murray and you have the Chiefs. Let's see, where are my notes for this? The Chiefs, what, were tied for 28th overall in touchdown passes of 20 yards or more. Uh, Kyler Murray had the most on-target throws, which I already brought up, and 
Guess what? The Chiefs allow a ton of rushing yards, 22.9 per game to the opposing quarterbacks. I mean, we're talking about rushing upside. We're talking about targets downfield allowed by the Chiefs. And we're talking about the perfect storm of these two college sweethearts getting back together, making eye contact 20 yards downfield and just giving us explosion after explosion. Of course, I'm going to dive a little bit more into this matchup. But, but Jacob, what do you think about this? Just this magical moment that we're about to see from the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I'm, I got to say, I'm a little disappointed that Rondale will not be playing this game because yeah. it's going to be quite a lot of ownership. They're going to get on Marquise Brown. I mean, it's just, there's nobody else. There's no Hopkins. There's no Rondale Moore. It looks like Zach Ertz is likely to play for the moment, but how healthy he is, we're not sure. Uh, I think the other receivers that are going to be trotting out likely are AJ Green and Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch played a much higher slot rate percentage in the preseason than Andy Isabella. And so it seems to be the consensus that Greg Dorch is the Ron Moore fill-in. So, I mean, Hollywood projects phenomenally. Like, if you're just talking about, you know, who looks like to potentially could get 30% target share in this game at $6,200 in a high over-under game, Hollywood is an incredible, incredible spot. I think that I'm probably going to have a little bit of trouble playing too, too much of him because I think that you're, you're probably absorbing about 20% ownership, I would expect, on Hollywood Brown. And I think that that kind of forces you to have to play the rest of the game in interesting ways. I think that the the pairing that I probably won't play much together unless I'm doing really unconventional things in the rest of my lineup would be Hollywood and Juju, just based on Juju comes in 5,200 on DraftKings. He's probably the most cost-effective wide receiver on the slate, probably him or Michael Pittman or Hollywood. Um, it just seems like your lineups come pre-built with a Hollywood Juju uh, uh, mini correlation. See, that's good. I like that. Please take Juju away from me. Please, I want as much ownership on Juju as possible because well, Juju is facing Byron Murphy, who was the number one slot corner in the league. He's most likely the best slot corner in the league. And although he does struggle up against speedier type guys, guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Byron Murphy shuts down nine times out of ten. So please take Juju. Get him off of my roster. Please take the chalk with Juju as well because we'll probably see Juju in what? 80% of the Marquise Brown, Kyler Murray stacks. Maybe see him a lot, right? I mean, that's going to be probably the most common way to play this is it's going to be Juju and Hollywood and one of Mahomes or Kyler. I think the guys that I'm most interested on the Chiefs side are Arquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, you know, he is the one guy, I think, from a routes perspective that we can be really confident about outside of Juju. Uh, in the preseason, they played a lot more 21 personnel with Michael Burton, the fullback. They played a lot more 12 personnel utilizing Kelsey and one of Fortson or Gray. I think that when they are in those two wide receiver sets, Valdez Scanling is going to be the one on the field with Juju Smith-Schuster. He is the best run-blocking wide receiver on the team. He also provides a vertical element that, you know, Sky Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Michael Hardman don't really. I understand that Hardman's really fast. They haven't really used him much recently as a vertical wide receiver. They use him more as a horizontal type of speed wide receiver. So I think with MVS, I mean, we know the deal on MVS. He doesn't earn a lot of targets. But if he's out there running 80%, 90% of the routes, and he's able to get five targets in this game, and he's able to get behind the defender you know, for a big play, the Cardinals secondary is pretty susceptible to big plays through the air. And I wouldn't be surprised you know, if MVS is able to get a 60-yard touchdown in this game. That's really, really positive. He's probably going to be less owned than Juju. So I wouldn't mind seeing like a Mahomes, MVS, 
with with Hollywood if I was going to play that side. And then the other aspect would be Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a guy that I'm willing to play this week. Um, you know, he's not good at football. <laughs> I understand that. But he's only 5,600. I think that what we're going to see is a lot of people paying up for the top running backs in the slate and then stacking them with these lower owned or, or these lower priced wide receivers. Sorry. Um, but Clyde comes in at a nice price. I think that most of the ownership on the lower price running backs will honestly be off of Clyde, even despite being in this game. I think we're going to see a lot of it on Damian Pierce down at 4,800. We're going to see some of it on Antonio Gibson up at 5,800. Yep. I think Clyde comes in at a nice spot. And if you are fading this game in, in a particular lineup, like you don't have to fade it in all your lineups, but in a particular lineup, you could even just play Clyde Chiefs D. And, you know, if Clyde's able to um, siphon up a couple of touchdowns or something, or don't play Chiefs D, whatever, you just play Clyde you know, all of a sudden he's able to potentially benefit from this game not going quite as haywire. Or, you know, you could work him into a, a stack with Mahomes and with uh, and with MVS. You could play Hollywood coming back. My crazy zany pick at 3,000. Like, I think a lot of people are going to end up on Wandale. You might see more people gravitate to Doves or Randall Cobb. Um, I think probably the, the wide receiver that I find most interesting that I can't imagine will have much ownership on him would, would be Greg Dortch. Um, I'm, I'm will play Greg Dortch in some actual lineups this week. Just because I'm trying to look that Jake, we're trying to make a good impression on people. This is our first show and you're telling them to go out. Oh God, come on. Not Greg Dortch, bro. Greg Dortch. God, don't do it. I'm not saying lock button up, but I just think if you're playing a Cardinals double stack. Andy Isabella season? No, I'm just just (laughs) Imagine, right. Imagine a Kyler, Greg Dorch, Zach Ertz lineup. There's your, there's your, there, there's your leverage right there. You can play the popular game. You can play Kyler, Greg Dorch, Zach Ertz, and Clyde. There's no ownership on you at all. Your goal. So I do want to actually highlight a point that you talked about because I don't think it gets talked about enough on DFS podcast. You discussed why Clyde Edwards Lair won't be chalk, and it's like uh, there's some people talking about Clyde Edwards Lair, but when you're building your lineups, right, and you have guys that are, you know. We'll say Travis Etienne, right? Who's 200 more? I think I said that, that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was at 56. He's actually 54. So you do have Travis Etienne, who's 200 more. Uh, you have AJ Dillon, who's 100 less. Uh, you have Chase Edmonds, who's going to be a very popular play this week at 52. I mean, there are people surrounding Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, I mean, there are people surrounding uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire that that will force people, whether they want to play Clyde Edwards Hilaire or not, their conscience will not let them play Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> He's never but, owned that. Nobody ever wants to play Clyde. Him and Miles no. Sanders, like they, they are the two guys where no matter what the projected ownership is, you have to just take, take 2% off because no one ever wants to click Clyde or Miles Sanders. Dude, it's embarrassing for, for Clyde Edwards Slayer. I feel for him, but guess what? He can win some people some money occasionally. And and also, uh, Jarrett McKinnon, I think if you don't want to play Clyde Edwards Slayer, if he's too gross, if you need a flex play, something on those lines, I think Jarrett McKinnon could actually be that dude. Uh, the Cardinals, one of the worst teams up against the uh, pass catchers last year, they averaged or they allowed 4.56 receptions per game and 33.3 yards per game to the running back position. Uh, if you guys actually follow my dose score over there on Fantasy Intervention, that's D-O-C-E, fantasyintervention.com slash dose, you will be able to, to take these numbers of teams and what they allow to running backs in terms of the receiving game. 
and you'll be able to, to find some of these these hidden keys that that could be awesome for your DFS lineup. So yes, I will have Jarrett McKinnon in a few, few lineups, but there's one player that I really want to talk about, and that's Travis Kelsey. I don't care how expensive he is; he's still a discount right now. I don't think he's going to be tremendous chalk because you do have every single tight end on the board, and people want to be, be brilliant trying to find these these tight ends. I mean, Travis Kelsey could easily be a K within you know by what week five, week six, week mm -hmm. seven. I want to play Travis Kelsey as much as I can while I'm still getting value regardless of the chalk. The Cardinals last year only faced two top 12 tight ends. You have George Kittle, I believe, in week nine. He didn't play the first week. He played the second week up against San Francisco. Uh, he had 20.1 points because he ended up having a fumble. And then you have Dalton Schultz in week 17 who had 11.4. Those are the only two top, uh, top 12 tight ends that the Cardinals faced the entire year in 2021. And honestly, it's not going to be that much different uh, in this year. So I definitely would be plugging in Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown, Travis Kelsey. And then if you want to get a little bit spicy, go with your Clyde Edwards Hilaire take, uh, you know, glow with, uh, with, Greg I can't George. say MBS. I can't, oh, I definitely can't say Greg George. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be it for me. And keep in mind as well, Zach Ertz might be on a snap count. He is dealing with yeah. an injury this week. So that helps out. I mean, Marquise Brown, I had him pegged at 11 receptions. I'm sorry, 11 targets. <laughs> And oh, then I had fair. him pegged at 14 to 15 targets after the, the Rondell Moore and the Zach Ertz news. And now, like, if, if these guys don't play or if Zach Ertz is on a snap count, like, would it shock you to see Marquise Brown get 20 targets? Because I, mean, I don't think it would Cooper shock Cup. me. He could put up a, a Cooper Cup level target share from last night for sure. I mean, it would be absurd, it's, but it's, it's possible. It's in the realm of possibilities. Like, yeah, he's it's very possible. He, he projects so, so well for sure. He projects really well this week. I mean, he's, he's one. He's one of the chalkier pieces that I don't want to have zero of. Um, I just think you have to get a little bit creative with how you build a lineup around him, understanding that. But you're allowed to play chalky pieces, and, and he's one of the better ones, I think, on this slate for sure. So real quick, Harry Stuman brought up that they might be worse experienced tight ends. And actually, you have that featured. Uh, I go in depth for a lot of these in this article coming out tomorrow on playerprofiler.com. Playerprofiler.com, I'm doing my DFS article. It'll have three of my top matchups along with the plays inside of it here you're breaking up a little bit for me but i don't know if it's my end or your end well i'll talk, I'll talk about the game for a bit hopefully chase can get his uh his connection uh working out well but good timing on that so my first game i want to talk about is the other big high over under game on the slate which is chargers and the raiders uh this game also going to be playing in that late window um really really fun game one thing that i want to quickly mention with a game like this where it's going to be set in the late window is the importance of late swap I and mean, we'll talk about this all the time but we just talked about all these chalky pieces right if you have a lineup that you need to make up points um there's so many options these high scoring games where you can go with like a greg torch <laughs> you can go with an mvs especially you can make up points in a hurry with a clyde if you're in a really great position with your lineup you might totally want to roll with you know the marquise browns of the world who are going to cover other people's lineups um, with that out of the way, I want to talk about this Raiders-Chargers game. This Chargers-Raiders game comes with a 52.5 over-under, so just one point beneath the last game that Chase was just talking about. Really fun setup where you have a lot of pass game options here. You're going to have Carr and you're going to have Herbert, two pocket quarterbacks where double stacks are always going to be in play for both of these guys. I would be surprised, honestly, if either of these quarterbacks ends up being really challenging for the highest owned in the slate, which is why I think that this game is probably the one that I'm going to play the most of because 
I think you're going to see a ton of ownership on those two in the games that we just talked about. Then you're also going to see a lot on the two Russian quarterbacks, Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Um, and it's going to allow for, you know, I think a reasonable amount of ownership on Carr and on Herbert. I would expect them both to be within like the six to 9% type range. And one of my favorite things is you have so many options with both guys of premium stack options. You're not stuck with Hollywood Brown, who's going to be really highly owned, or a bunch of guys that we have a lot of questions about. On the Raiders side, Devontae Adams, I think, is probably one of the better plays in the slate. I think you're going to see a lot of people reaching for the high upside running backs. And while people will want to play Devontae Adams, there's so many other options that you can play at the wide receiver position that are elite and you know, the idea of people going to be trying to spend down at wide receiver to play these elite running backs, I'm just not sure that Adams is going to be able to crack like 15%. And without JC Jackson in the lineup, with Darwin James on Darren Waller, I think Adams is set up in a really, really strong position to smash. And I think that you have that projection. You're not going to be paying as much of a chalk price on him with ownership as you're going to see with some of the guys uh, in that AZKC game. So Adams is probably my favorite play here. I also think Waller is a totally fine play. I understand the matchup concerns from a hand in the dirt perspective going against Derwin James is going to be challenging. But if people are going with Adams in this game, I think Waller is fine. Renfro, not a guy that I like to usually play in DFS. It's just not the type of profile where he has to get there by volume, right? And with Adams and Waller both healthy, uh, he really struggled. Uh, or he, I expect him to really struggle in terms of getting the required volume to get into that 100-yard threshold because we know that it's going to take him 10, 12 targets to get to 100 yards just because he's not producing those big plays down the field. Uh, and so I'm probably going to be focused on Adams. I'm going to be focused on Waller. And on the Chargers side, you know, I think Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are both priced up enough. You're going to be able to get access to either one. And Gerald Everett, I think, is probably one of my favorite punt tight ends uh, in, in this slate. So I talked about how, you know, we can find values, right? Like some of these values that we can come across are phenomenal right now. And Devontae Adams is one of them. And I can understand having, you know, low ownership and wanting to try and go against the grain on that. But this secondary is possibly one of the best secondaries that we will see in the NFL this year. I mean, they brought in JC Jackson, right? They brought in or they have Asante Sam. Jackson isn't playing. Jackson's out. Is he? Oh, I missed that. I yeah, apologize. He's out. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you will be able to get some of that, but still, you're going to end up seeing Asante Samuel probably double or bracketing coverage, uh, bracketing, co bracketed coverages on Devontae Adams. Excuse me. Uh, so I do think that we will end up seeing, yes, Devontae Adams putting up 86 yards and a touchdown type numbers, but I'm not going to see anything that's going to break the slate on DFS. And I actually have the under similar to what I had last night on the Rams and Bills game. I, I, I don't see them breaking 49 points. So I'm going to take the under on this. And I'm going to try and fade a lot of this game. I think that it's going to be almost as chalky, not quite as chalky, but almost as chalky as the Cardinals, uh, the, the Cardinals Chiefs game that we talked about. I, I can't get behind it, man. It's, it's just not, this game is not for me, but Devonta Adams is still obviously on the radar. Uh, where do you see like Derek Carr finishing? Like, what do you think his numbers are going to end up looking like? Well, I always like Derek Carr as a DraftKings option. Um, I tend to play more of the Russian quarterbacks on FanDuel. On DraftKings, I love playing the pocket quarterbacks because you really maximize the benefit of these pocket quarterbacks stacking. If you're able to get 300-yard bonus and you're able to get two wide receivers over the 100-yard bonus, um, you can really compound your bet being correct. And so Carr is always someone that I'm probably just more predisposed to be interested over the field, especially in high-scoring matchups. Um, I'll probably be playing a lot of Carr lineups because uh, when I was playing around with okay, how do I get two of, you know, McCaffrey, Taylor, Eckler, 
Henry, et cetera, et cetera, into these lineups. You know, Carr is one of the ways to do that. Um, and I think especially he's one of the very few ways that you can get Adams and some of these elite running backs into the same lineup as you spin down a little bit and you're able to do it in a correlated way. Um, you know, we're, of course, going to see Carr, Adams, Eckler. That's not going to be off of anybody's radar. But I do think also with some of these running backs that aren't CMC and Taylor, right? CMC, everybody's excited to play CMC again. Taylor's in this incredible smash matchup against Houston because of the way that the slate has operated, right? Uh, Diggs and Cup were both off the slate. The Lamb is off the slate. Uh, yes. The Bucks guys, those are all off the slate. There's not that many elite wide receivers on the slate. It's only of the top six wide receivers that are being drafted. It's just Jefferson, Chase, and Adams. But with running backs, like none of the elite running backs are off of this slate except for Fournette. So everybody gets their chance to play whatever running back they want. They haven't gotten injured yet. And so I think we're going to see, you know, if this was like a week six slate, and there was running backs that were hurt. There's running backs on buys. There's running backs that were playing Thursday. You know, Eckler against the Raiders, I feel like he's like a 20% owned guy. But here, it's like he's not an obviously better play at 8,200 than Delvin Cook against the Packers, than Alvin Kamara against the Falcons. Um, and so he's probably one of my favorite ways to play this game too. And I always love playing Eckler stack with Herbert. I think it, that you don't tend to see quite as much um, stacking with Eckler and Herbert together, even though they are one of the few quarterback running back pairings that is continuously positively correlated. Um, you know, I think you can get unique in a lot of ways, but I think something like a Herbert, Eckler, Adams, Everett is a fun combination. I'll play Carr, uh, Adams, Eckler, Waller. I'll, I'll do all sorts of things. But I, I just, where I disagree with Chase, I think this is probably the game that I like the most. I think we're going to see high paced Chargers as always. Um, yes. And, you know, we're going to certainly see, we don't know what we're going to see from the Raiders, but I, I expect Josh McDaniels in the past has played up-tempo. You know, they, they potentially have to run the ball a little bit more, but they've played up-tempo in the past. I expect them to this year, and I expect that these offenses are going to have quite a bit of success, um, even if the Chargers defense is stout, even despite losing J.C. Jackson. So I think given the bevy of passing game options, the double-stack options available, uh, this is probably the game that I have the most ownership of. Yeah, and, and JC Jackson is doubtful. He hasn't been ruled out yet, but like you said, well, he's doubtful probably not is usually play. pretty doubtful. Yeah, he's probably not going to have a plan, especially, you know, with the ankle surgery. They want to make sure he's healthy, you know, that he doesn't injure himself further because that is surgery that happened to his ankles. So we have my next game. And my next game, I don't like love to stack this game, right? This game is conditional. This game is conditional and it's interesting for me. So that's why I wanted to bring this one up is because it adds different levels of intrigue to your DFS lineups and it allows you to play a bunch of studs. It allows you to play, you know, the CMCs and the Jonathan Taylors and, and other guys if you're able to pick a few of these guys out and, and be able to stack them or at least correlate your lineups just in case something does happen. Uh, we have the Jaguars at the Commanders, right? And it's going to be raining, but it's still going to be nice. That's going to be 74 degrees. Uh, they redid their fields last year, so hopefully it won't be like typical Washington fashion where you'll see 10 guys injured this game. But you have the week one lineups. And as we've seen from week one, like last year, I think it was Jared Goff, right, that ended up having the second or third best overall performance. And, and you can find those values uh, in week one just because of the fact that, hell, we don't know how to value them yet. We don't know what's going to happen. These teams don't know what the opposition is necessarily going to look like. Well, Doug Peterson's coming to the Jacksonville Jaguars with a completely different offense. We have seen in the past, and I do expect him to bring that similar offense. But with Trevor Lawrence, who's sitting at, what is it, 5,600, you have Travis Etienne at 5,600. You have Evan Ingram at 3,500. Uh, and then 
on the other side, you have Antonio Gibson at 58. You have Jahan Dotson at 3,400. I love all five of these plays. We had, uh, what is it? Here, let me actually read off the leaders in receiving yards under this Doug Peterson-led offense while he was in Philadelphia. We have 2016 was Darren Sproles, 2017 Zach Ertz, 2018 Zach Ertz, 2019 Zach Ertz, followed by Dallas Goddard, followed by Miles Sanders. And then you had Travis Fulgham in 2020 who beat out Dallas Goddard by 15 freaking yards. All right? Man, Doug Peterson does not like wide receivers. So I want to play Trevor Lawrence who up against Washington, who does not have a very good defense up against rushing quarterbacks, by the way. They allowed the most rushing yards per game to quarterbacks in 2021. Uh, They're also up there, I believe, in touchdowns as well. They also allowed the most fantasy points, I believe, to quarterbacks in 2021. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, he feels different. This is a different environment. He they're giving rave reviews about him and how he's adapting to the offense. He has Evan Ingram, who is hyper-athletic. I know he can't catch, guys. I know he can't catch. But at 3,500, if he catches 50% of his 10 targets that he's going to see, that's still going to be great news wow. for his, his price. I mean, and then we have Travis Etienne. Washington last year was in the bottom five of teams in the dose score, right? The dump-off containment efficiency metric that judges teams. If you guys go to fantasyintervention.com, slash D-O-C-E, that judges teams based off their ability to contain the running back. And they were terrible at it last year. They were absolutely brutal. They were letting everybody throw all over them. Well, they didn't get any better this offseason. They're likely going to have to include or stack linebackers in the box more often this year because they lost depth on the defensive line. They lost Tim Settle, right? They last lost Matt Ioannidis. Chase Young still is not playing. So that's three key contributors to their defensive line last year that they don't have anymore. They're going to have to stack the box. They're going to have to put the guys in the middle, and they're going to have to put a spy on Trevor Lawrence who can run. I mean, we have Travis Etienne that is going to be one-on-one with a guy like John Bostic, right, or somebody like that has no business, Jamin Davis, covering him. Travis Etienne is going to have a field day over there up against Washington. Meanwhile, Evan Ingram, like I said, all he has to do is catch 50% of his 10 targets and he'll be just fine for you. He'll he'll get you there, right? He'll get you to the pay line. And then you have, like I said, Trevor Lawrence, who's one of the cheapest quarterbacks on the slate with the rushing ability. I love, love, love playing some combination of two of the three players, if not all three, because guess what? If you play them and then you get Antonio Gibson in at, what, 56, 5,800, and then you have Jahan Dotson, who, mm. keep in mind, is going to end up probably playing the beginning of the game close to the line of scrimmage, and all it's going to take is a double move, and Carson Wentz is going to be launching it downfield probably half the damn game. Jacob, you've been there. You've seen Carson Wentz, obviously, as an Indy fan. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, we are talking about uh, this this lineup where we could get in these players, and guess what? You could play Jonathan Taylor. You can play CMC or whatever the other running back you want to play, or well, not if you play the two running backs, but you can definitely play Jonathan Taylor in your flex. And then you can play like you brought up Devontae Adams, right? And then run it back, run back the, the Jonathan Taylor one with another correlative ad in Brandon Cooks. I mean, dude, like you're talking about money right there. You're talking about bringing home money, especially for cash games. But I mean, tournaments as well. If this game ends up hitting, I think it's sitting at a 44 point over under. Let's just hypothetically say there's an extra touchdown or two from a blown coverage, right? Because Jacksonville is known to do that. Meanwhile, Washington is getting destroyed up front, you know, not having a great offensive line. And, you know, 
or I'm sorry, not having a great defensive line and the Jaguars improving their defensive line. I mean, revenge game for Brandon Scherf. Am I right? Right now? I mean, we could talk about, <laughs> we can talk about just a massive, massive, uh, you know, over under total by the end of the season. I'm taking the over on this one. And I think that you can find fantasy assets across this whole entire thing outside of the wide receivers for Jacksonville. How do you feel too- about my take? Are you ready to slam it or not? No, I don't have too much to add for two reasons. One, because I'm working on a tight timeline. Two, because I agree with you. Uh, and more, more importantly, the latter one, this is a game that I think has some sneaky potential. You know, I always love these games where the offenses are ones we have a lot of questions about, so people don't tend to you know, play these games, a lot of emphasis, but the defenses, we also have a lot of questions about and games like this, you know, it's one of those games that can totally go either way. Wouldn't be surprising. Wouldn't be shocking if it's like 16, 13, because the offenses can't do anything. Wouldn't be shocking if it's 35 to 30, because the defenses can't stop anything. It reminds me of the Washington Atlanta game from last year. That was like a really crazy back and forth affair with yeah. these two extremely mediocre offenses, three touchdowns. but they were just going back and forth because nobody could stop anybody. I think ETN is one of the best candidates for a guy where we have legitimate concerns about his projection every all the news recently on james robinson has been really strong but what if james robinson just isn't involved very much like we just saw last night with cam Akers. you know all of a sudden then etn is a guy that projects for like seventy five hundred dollars uh, of workload next week that's that's within the range of outcomes so i love the etn call i love engram i think that i love oh i love dots in this game for sure and i mean look if uh if you really want to get gross thirty one hundred dollars Washington tends to give one tight end all the routes. John Bates. John Bates, baby. Yes, I love it. I I don't love John Bates, but I I do like that take at 31. But I'd much rather play Evan Ingram, pay up a little bit, get Evan Ingram, downgrade the defense. Uh, You know, I feel like it's just a slam dunk on this one. Now, I'm going to let you get in one more take real quick so that we can go ahead and do our draft because we do want to show you guys what it's like when we're building lineups. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned. We are going to build a lineup. You guys can use it if you'd like to over there on DraftKings. Five minutes. Yep. So go ahead and give us your last take. I, I'm pretty sure I know which game you're going to cover, which I love, yeah. but go ahead and give it to us. Yeah, it's going to be two very ferocious annals going at it here. And this one is the Eagles and the Lions. I believe it is the third highest over-under on the slate. I think it's over-under 47.5. I've seen 48. Uh, really interesting game. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to be an interesting spot because Hurts, I think, is going to draw a lot of ownership himself as a rushing quarterback. But I'm not sure how much that is going to spill over to the receiving options. We talked about all of these different receivers that are really strong value plays. Juju Smith-Schuster at 5,200. Michael Pittman, 5,500. Marquise Brown, uh, 6,200. People are still going to want to pay out for the top options, and there aren't that many of them. Um, How much ownership is going to be on A.J. Brown at 6,400? I think a fair bit but not a prohibitive amount. Like I, I'm guessing it would be probably somewhere in the low teens if I was to, to project right now. Uh, and so he's a guy that I want to have in lineups with or without Hurts. And then the other guy that I think is really interesting in this game is Devonta Smith. He comes in at the exact same price as Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman at $5,500 is probably the best projecting player for his cost uh, in a cake matchup against Houston. Don't get me wrong. If you're playing a cash lineup, if you're playing a 50-50, I would absolutely rather have Michael Pittman in my lineup than Devonta Smith. But one of the beauties of that is that Devonta Smith's not going to be in a ton of tournament lineups. And so if you want to diversify your Hurts stack, who I think is probably going to be the most owned quarterback on the slate or close to it, pair him with Devonta Smith. I think you have a a really interesting angle to that game. Um, Similarly, Smith, in, in a weird way, might not even be that correlated with Hertz because so many of the Hertz lineups are going to be built around him rushing the football that, you know, you can play him in a mini correlation with say Deandre Swift, who's another one of those running backs who I think pretty underpriced at 6,800, but he might, again, like he's going to be owned. 
But I think that there's so many running backs at the top that it's going to get kind of spread pretty evenly after Taylor McCaffrey. You have Najee Harris all the way down at $6,400. I don't know that Swift, I don't know that Swift is going to get too, too much. And I think the Eagles defense is really good, but Swift is one of those guys that's just not really that impacted by how good the opposing defense is because he's going to be doing a lot of his work, hopefully, in the receiving game. So even if the Lions aren't having a ton of success moving the ball against the Eagles defense, Swift can still get there in the receiving game, especially on DraftKings. So I enjoy Smith, Swift, mini correlations. I would be happy to do a full-on uh, game stack as well. Uh, so I had this excellent idea, right, where we are actually going to let the chat to encourage people to come to our live shows that are going to be every night or every Friday night at seven o'clock for DFS to encourage people coming to our live shows on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash red one world. We are going to go ahead and let people choose what stack they want to see us build. So it has to be a game that we already talked about. It has to be a stack that we already talked about. We want to see it in the private chat real quick. But while we wait to see what you guys want to see us build, I'm going to go ahead and go over some values that I would like to, uh, I might want to explore at quarterback. We have Daniel Jones, 5K versus Tennessee. Trubisky, 5K up against Cincinnati. Uh, Flacco was interesting. Last time that he played, he at least paid off his value. He's over there at 4.8 up against the Ravens. Uh, we have, let's see, McKinnon, interesting up as Arizona, but I pumped the brakes a little bit on that. Justice Hill or Mike Davis, but those could also be chalk plays to an extent. Uh, Paris Campbell at 3,300 last time they faced Houston. One for one, 51 yards and a touchdown. David Njoku, 3,900. And, yeah, uh, Gerald Everett, 3,800. So, let's see. We have... The Car Adams stack, Gator J wanted to see. Does anybody else have a stack that they want to see us build? Let's do it. Let me go ahead and pull this up real quick. All right, so we're going to be building our stack. All right, so we're doing we're doing um, uh, are we doing Car Adams? Oh, I'm seeing TLG. We're not doing Trey Lance and Elijah Mitchell. That's I like. I don't mind both. I don't mind either of those plays this weekend. But both of those guys are, are really no, dependent we, on rushing touchdowns for receiving. About- yeah, we want to talk about guys yeah. that we already we already discussed. We want right. to talk I'm about stacks we've Adams, already mentioned. I'm with T. Law, Etn. Let's give it like thirty more seconds here. All right, cool. Let's do. I I, I want to do Law and Etn personally. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. That's a All fun right, line. Let's just do that. Yeah, let's let's do that because I've I've already built a couple lineups okay. with it. I like it. I kind of know where it goes, and it can help us kind of expedite this process. So well, the nice thing is it's going to have not a lot of ownership at all. So we can draft really whatever we want for the rest of this this game, um, the rest of this lineup. We can. Do you want to toss an Ingram too? Make it a double. We can. I'm down. I, I mean, he's I've cheap enough. Both. I think it's fine. Let's do it. All right. So we got these three. Uh, you know, we're we have plenty of money to to play with at this point. We're sitting there with the average remaining amount at fifty eight eighty three with three players on the slate: Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Evan Ingram. Who do you want to run it back with? Because I think Antonio Gibson's going to be pissed. He's going to be running Dawson. like a pissed off teenager. Well, I'm okay with Antonio Gibson. Um, for sure. I guess my only thing would be that if we're already putting ETN in this lineup, um, we're saving a lot of salary with Ingram. I, I would really like to take advantage of one of those elite high price running backs in the other slot. So I'm probably more inclined to play Dotson or McLaurin. Well, let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's explore um, Gibson because I still think that we can play in the flex unless you wanted to get a wide receiver in the flex. Well, I tend to prefer wide receiver in the flex on DraftKings with it being right. a full PPR site. We'll do Dotson then and fade um we'll fade gibson because gibson might not get all three downs so we'll do i mean if we're playing if we're playing a lot of jags right we want them to probably score a lot of points which means they're probably winning this game i think that that's 
tend to be pretty bad for Antonio Gibson. It could be um, playing catch up. They could be playing catch up. Maybe they go ahead early. Yeah, but then I think that Robinson's going to play a lot of pass block situations. So I don't know. I just I don't love Etienne and Gibson together, but I, I like both individually. Um, right, let's go with uh, let's go with Dotson. Okay, I'm going to put a placeholder D in just so that we know how much money we're working with. We can always switch the D later, but I'm just going to put a cheap one in. Um, okay. Let's let's rotate picks here. Who, which uh, do you want to pick? Whoever you want. We got four spots left. Dude, I I, I want Jonathan Taylor to be honest. With you. I, you know right. what? I, I like Christian McCaffrey up against Cleveland too. I think that he's going to get a ton of passing opportunities. Uh, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor up against Houston, he dominates Houston every single time. Uh, we are doing a tournament, by the way, Cameron. I, I just saw a GPP. Um, so let's go ahead and go with let's go ahead and go with JT. All right, JT it is. Okay, my pick here, uh, we already have uh, Taylor in this lineup. We know we might want to save one of these spots, but I got 67.33. So we have at least room for another couple really high elite upside picks. I want to try and take advantage of that. That's why we ended up having this really budget stack. And so I want to go with some of the guys that I have. It's the highest upside option of the slate. Um, for me, you know, we can play someone, really whoever we want, whatever value that we want. Um, I just want to go ahead and play what I think is probably the best wide receiver on the slate, and he's not priced like it. He's priced all the way down to seventy one hundred dollars. I'm going to lock in Jamar Chase. Really, I'm a little bit concerned that that the Bengals end up running the ball a ton on Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh can't stop the run. They didn't do much to improve in the off season, but I do like the Jamar Chase pick. Uh, you know what? I'm going to make my next pick as a. Oh wait, did you pick the Dolphins? Oh, I just put them as a placeholder. We, we can get rid of them. Oh, that was I just. Want, I just that was going to be my next pick. Oh, I didn't okay. see. I didn't see the doll when you said the they D. Are, they I are my favorite. They are my favorite defense. That is my favorite defense, defense with the price. All right, let's go with somebody else then, and let's go with my favorite. Uh, my favorite stack. Can we fit Marquise Brown in this? Because I think Marquise Brown seeing twenty yeah. targets this week is not out of the question. I love Marquise, Marquise Brown. Brown. Yeah, I'm good with that, and I'm good with it because especially we have such a we have a lineup that can really make it work because we're not going to catch a lot of ownership on this stack. And so I'm fine with playing Taylor and Brown in the context of this lineup. Um, all right. Where we're left with, we're left with $1,600. Um, man, so close. to it. You know, what's going to be interesting that I would like to see in this, and this lineup will not be played because you're leaving so much cash on the board is Brandon cooks. Yeah. I think if we went with cook, well, let's do. Cause Brandon cooks is going to correlate with, with Jonathan Taylor. So if we did, so if we did that, then I would, Let's see. Maybe I'd play a more expensive player. Well, oh, you know what? We could get up to Jefferson at that point, potentially. I don't want to leave money on the table. We could get up to I Jefferson. I know you hate leaving money on the table. I don't mind it because I know that nobody else will be leaving money on the table. I'm okay with if we do. I'd be okay with something like this. Um, let's see. Is that 7,800? Oh, man. There won't be enough turnovers over there for the Giants. I, I want to play a good defense. I definitely want Miami in there this week. There's turnovers right. galore that could happen. Okay, well then you got you got your Marquise pick. So this this was this was my pick. This is pick. you. This we're is you. Do, this right, is 100% you. We're gonna play DeAndre Swift in that spot. Um, you always like DeAndre Swift. It can't be that hard to convince you. DeAndre, DeAndre Swift is Swift. my dude. It's just um, the Eagles so are really good at stopping pass catcher. So we're gonna backs. we're gonna make this a three 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 running back build. Uh, we're gonna play Swift in this spot here at sixty eight hundred dollars. Um, we're gonna have this triple st- double stack here: Trump Lawrence, Etienne, Ingram. Come back with Dotson. That's the rest of the lineup. I got to run. So I'm out, but this is an absolute blast. I'm super pumped to be doing this all year long. All right, I'm going to go ahead and close out for you, Jacob. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, guys, this is our show. And from here on out, it is going to be an hour-long show every single week. We might even go over on some occasions because, honestly, you can't shut Jacob and I up um, overall. So 
Uh, I'm excited to, to pursue this, obviously, with Player Profiler and with Roto Underworld Radio. Thank you guys for joining in in the chat. We definitely want to include y'all. So if you guys come in, you listen in, and you also hear uh, what we're talking about in terms of our, our lineups and what we want to do, we want to make sure that we include those into our DFS stuff so we can show you guys the type of builds that we will be moving with going forward. So thank you guys for tuning in. Of course, you guys can find Jacob over there at FF underscore RTDB. You can find me over there on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. Go check us out. And by the way, if you guys need something, right, to say thank you, you guys want a bunch of money, right, from these DFS lineups, well, you can go do so over there at Trophy Smack, right? Trophysmack.com. Use promo code CIRCLE. Purchase a belt or a trophy. And you end up getting a free ring if you use promo code CIRCLE. That's right. Use promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring with the purchase of a trophy or a belt. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you guys for letting us make you money. Let's go.